I'll sign a bill authorizing the creation of a community commission to study the history of slavery in New York State. We'll study various forms of reparations and how we can help right the wrongs of the past. Oh, thank you. How's everyone doing? Welcome in, welcome in. We're going to hear this story by, I think it's the New York Times. Oh, BuffaloNews.com is reporting. Let's see if we can get the article to play for us. Looks like it's going to play. Patrick LeCamp. As the leader of what federal prosecutors called a multi-million dollar scam, Greg McKinnon proved so successful at defrauding debtors out of millions of dollars that he had to hide his criminal proceeds from the IRS. On Monday, a federal judge sentenced the 59-year-old Wheatfield man to three years in prison for conspiring to defraud the U.S. government out of more than $3 million in taxes. U.S. District Judge Richard Arcara cited the hundreds of debtors duped by McKinnon in imposing the prison sentence. Arcara, however, called McKinnon's military record, health issues, remorse, family support, and lack of a criminal record as among the mitigating factors that led him not to go along with the government's request for a five-year prison sentence. McKinnon's attorney argued against any incarceration. The defendant's actions were guided by greed, according to Assistant U.S. Attorney Russell T. Ippolito. His efforts to violate the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and to hide income from the IRS were remarkable in their audacity. McKinnon admitted he conspired with several others in the debt collection industry to transfer money from Vantage Point Services, his debt collection business, to other businesses, pretending it was business expenses. He admitted the money was eventually returned to him and another co-conspirator, according to his plea agreement. The conspiracy continued from 2011 to 2017, Epolito said. Arcara sentenced him below the recommended federal sentencing guidelines of five years in prison and a fine of $25,000 to $250,000. The judge ordered McKinnon to pay $3,067,339 in restitution but did not include a fine in his sentence. McKinnon will continue to face significant financial ramifications from his crime, the judge said. McKinnon was one of three Buffalo-area debt collectors permanently barred in 2018 from the debt collection industry because they broke federal and state laws by lying to consumers, threatening to have them arrested and adding unauthorized amounts to the debts that consumers owed. He and his associates used illegal tactics to coerce debtors into making payments, even where the debts had previously been paid in full, Ippolito said. When the Federal Trade Commission and the New York State Attorney General's Office sought to end the illegal debt collection practices by forcing businesses associated with McKinnon to shutter their operations, he and his associates opened new debt collection businesses under different names, Ippolito said. Co-conspirators convinced unsophisticated debtors that the police would arrest them at home or at work, according to Ippolito. Fearing they would be taken away by law enforcement at moment's notice, debtors paid whatever was asked of them, he said. McKinnon also instructed his associates to collect above the actual debts owed, with multiple collection agencies collecting on the same debt at different times from debtors, according to the government. Some were so unnerved that they made payments even though they had previously paid their debts in full, Ippolito said in court papers. 
the U.S. Attorney's Office voiced suspicion of McKinnon's volunteer work and good deeds, including establishing free COVID testing sites in low-income areas and driving a cab for Medicaid patients. Ordinarily, such acts of kindness should be lauded, according to the prosecution's court papers. However, these acts of kindness all occurred after the defendant was made aware of the government's investigation. It is at least suspicious that such acts of kindness did not occur before McKinnon found himself in need of mitigation evidence for sentencing purposes. Attorney Eric Syene Lane, who represents McKinnon, called him a disabled combat veteran and devoted family man who is more than the conduct at issue in this case. He knows that his conduct caused harm to other people, and he is deeply sorry, Syene Lane told the judge. In a letter to the judge, McKinnon wrote, I take full responsibility for my actions. I was wrong. I exercised poor judgment and exhibited poor decision-making. He added, as time moves forward, I will do everything I am capable of doing to pay back what I owe and work hard to correct the wrong that I have done. Next article. A judge on Thursday sentenced a 19-year-old Niagara Falls woman to up to four years in prison for fatally stabbing a teenager at a metro bus station on Ellicott Street nearly two years ago. The defendant, who was 17 at the time of the killing, was granted youthful offender status. Erie County Judge Susan Egan sentenced her to an indeterminate sentence of 16 months to four years in prison, the maximum sentence for the youthful offender, according to Erie County District Attorney John J. Flynn. Rashani Clayton pleaded guilty in January to first-degree manslaughter in the May 29, 2020, death of Corisha Thomas of Niagara Falls. Thomas, who was 17, died from a single stab wood to her upper chest. Flynn said in January that the two had had altercations in the past. The stabbing was captured on cell phone video and bus station surveillance cameras, he said. Next article. Aaron Bessiger, a state judge, has ordered a debt collection operation based in western New York to temporarily shut down after the state attorney general's office filed a lawsuit alleging illegal shakedown practices, including the impersonation of government officials. At the center of the case is an Amherst man who has previously been fined $30,000 for debt collection activities. His uncles have been banned from the debt collection industry and ordered to pay judgments of $60 million and $22 million, according to the Attorney General's office. The debt collectors are accused of harassing consumers, making false threats and identifying themselves as being from attorney's offices, which were fake. The lawsuit, filed against five people and two limited liability companies, alleges they used spoofed telephone numbers to make it look like they were calling from a person's local county courthouse. Those accused in the lawsuit are Kenneth Thomas of Amherst, Wesley Newman, formerly of Amherst and now a Myrtle Beach resident, and Elizabeth Farnham, John Frederick Daniels, and Jasmine Ashley Daniels, all of Buffalo. The two companies being sued are Midway Resolution Services LLC and Jack's Management Group LLC. Thomas and Newman each own half of Midway, according to the suit. Newman on Saturday told the Buffalo News he is not co-owner of Midway, and he has nothing to do with that business. He said he hasn't been in the debt collection business since 2014. He said he managed for Thomas in 2014 and helped his friend with his business, but they were never partners. It's very bizarre, Newman said of being accused in the lawsuit. Neither Thomas Farnham, John Frederick Daniels, nor Jasmine Daniels could be reached for comment. According to the Attorney General's office, the debt collectors first made calls in which they made false threats. Those are known as shake calls. Then, once a consumer is sufficiently frightened, that person was told to call fictitious attorneys who made false claims, like the person is being pursued for check fraud or has a chance to mediate the matter outside of court. That's when the collectors take payment information, according to the lawsuit. 
Investigators who wrote in court documents they have recordings of phone calls made over the last six months said debt collectors told individuals they would be coming to their homes or places of employment. Often, they threatened they would be accompanied by uniformed officers or constables, according to the lawsuit, and made false representations of being legal couriers and threatened wage garnishment and suspension of driver's licenses. Those who use illegal and unconscionable tactics to cheat consumers out of their hard-earned money will face the full weight of my office, Attorney General Letitia James said in a written statement. Midway Resolution Services also does business under the names Midway Resolution Group, Greenland Recovery Group, and Greenland Group, according to the lawsuit. Farnham is a Midway employee, while John Frederick Daniels has worked and may still work for Midway. Jasmine Daniels is the CEO of Jack's Management and John Frederick Daniels is a Jack's employee, the lawsuit alleges. The Attorney General's office said it investigated Thomas and his companies, Shapiro and Price Corporation, Weinberg, Grace and Associates and Zimmerman Young and Associates in 2014 for their illegal debt collection activities. As a result of the investigation, Thomas signed an agreement promising to comply with debt collection requirements. The Attorney General's office has subsequently learned that Thomas repeatedly and persistently violated the majority of the requirements contained in the agreement and continued to operate collections businesses in blatant violation of state and federal law attorneys for the AG's office wrote in the lawsuit. Under the agreement, Thomas said he would pay $30,000 in fines. What Thomas is accused of doing is similar to what his uncles were accused of. One of Thomas' uncles, according to the Attorney General's office, is Douglas McKinnon, a man described by that office last year as a kingpin of debt collection operations in the Buffalo region. In 2019, the AG's office reached a settlement with McKinnon and his companies requiring them to pay $60 million. Greg McKinnon, Douglas' brother and Thomas' uncle, was sued by the Federal Trade Commission and the State Attorney General's office. The civil case against him was resolved in 2018. The lawsuit alleges Thomas oversaw companies for Douglas McKinnon. State Supreme Court Justice Catherine Nugent Panapinto on September 17 issued a temporary restraining order requiring the debt collection operations to cease. The Attorney General's office is seeking a preliminary and permanent injunction that would bar the individuals and companies named in the lawsuit from engaging in business related to debt collection. Court arguments are scheduled for October 22. Next article. A Japanese toy company that said it had been an investor in 4chan is no longer being sued by victims and victims' families of the May 2022 racist massacre at a top supermarket. Plaintiffs' attorneys did not oppose motions to dismiss the cases against Good Smile Company and two affiliates. The companies were co-defendants along with Meta, Alphabet, Amazon and others in lawsuits filed after 10 black people were killed and three other people were injured by a self-avowed white supremacist in the horrific mass shooting at the Jefferson Avenue supermarket. In their suits, both sets of plaintiffs alleged Good Smile had a controlling financial interest in 4chan, the fringe website on which the shooter who admitted to the racist violence wrote in an online diary he was introduced to the hate-fueled ideology. The suits named Good Smile Company, Good Smile Company US and Good Smile Connect, LLC, as defendants. The lawsuits allege the supermarket shooter was radicalized by content posted on various online social media platforms. Other defendants also include the sellers of the rifle, rifle accessory, and body armor the shooter used. Good Smile was a passive investor with no control of any of the site's operations, said attorney Joseph D. Lipschitz, who represents the companies. Attorneys for Good Smile filed motions to dismiss the lawsuits and attorneys for the plaintiffs did not file any objection in court. Parties in one lawsuit agreed to drop Good Smile from the case in October, while the judge ordered the suit's dismissal in the other on December 11th. Good Smile, which makes toy figurines based on anime, manga and pop culture characters, 
was an investor in 4chan Community Support LLC, which is the company listed on 4chan's website as its owner. GoodSmile Japan is no longer an investor in 4chan Community Support LLC, GoodSmile CEO Takanori Aki said in an August affidavit filed in state Supreme Court. In a statement in April reported by Wired.com, GoodSmile said it severed any limited relationship we previously had with 4chan in June of 2022. In a statement issued through an attorney, GoodSmile Company said these lawsuits filed against us were based on misinformation from several sources, namely the media. 4chan Community Support has also filed motions to dismiss the lawsuits that remain pending. During motion arguments in one of the cases in November, an attorney for 4chan said the case should be dismissed because the court lacks jurisdiction over it. Plaintiffs in one of the suits filed in May are the families of Catherine Cat Massey, Andre McNeil, and Hayward Patterson, three of the victims killed in the May 14, 2022 shooting, as well as a survivor of the attack. Plaintiffs in the other case, filed in July, include the families of Aaron Salter, Marcus Morrison Jr., Pearl Young, Geraldine Talley, Ruth Whitfield, and Roberta Drury, all of whom were killed. Three tops employees also are suing. Both lawsuits are before state Supreme Court Justice Paula L. Ferroledo. In March, Wired.com reported that it received documents through a Freedom of Information request to the state attorney general's investigation in which the agency's investigators found financial ties between the owner of Good Smile and 4chan. Next article. A 19-year-old man was charged in the shooting death of a man whose body was found December 10th in a house on Grider Street near Erie County Medical Center, Buffalo Police said Wednesday. Police said they arrested Thierry Bacoromano of Buffalo on Tuesday and he was charged with second-degree murder. The victim was identified as Demarcus Hodge, 44, of Buffalo. At about 5.30 p.m. December 10th, patrol officers with the Northeast District were dispatched to the Grider Street address regarding a dead body call, police said. Hodge was found dead with a gunshot wound. Homicide detectives began an investigation. The Coromano was arraigned before Buffalo City Court Judge Andrew Silo Tempio Wednesday morning and was held without bail. When he was arrested on the homicide, Coromano was out on $10,000 bail on a pending robbery case. Prosecutors said that on the afternoon of June 19th, he arranged to meet through Facebook Marketplace a person who wanted to buy a PlayStation system. They met at East Delavan Avenue and Northumberland Avenue, and when the victim handed Bakoramana $60, he allegedly displayed what appeared to be a handgun and fled with the money. He was arraigned on June 28 on one count of second-degree robbery before Buffalo City Court Judge Philip Dabney Jr. He was scheduled to return to court in that case on Friday. Maki Becker. Next article. Well... There is good news out in New York, I promise you. That just seemed to go on with all the bad news, but I found something here today that says Governor Hoko. H-O-C-U-L, Huckle, New York, signs bill to create reparations commission. So go New York. And that's reported by the Karen Hunter show two hours ago. She interviewed her guests 
L. Joy Williams, activist. One simple but brilliant trick to heat you. Activist. Jo L. Joy Williams. <laughs> Thank you.